When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You better you bet. On a Tuesday, PJ Glasser, Ryan Horvat in the BetQL studios in Washington, D.C. Ken Barkley, Nick Costos with the day off. Hope everybody enjoyed uh, Championship Monday last night in college football. I know Ryan Horvat. It, yeah, it was a beautiful night. Uh, you know, if you had Michigan futures, which uh, we had before the season, 8-1, to one, it was a good night. And uh, it was never really a sweat. Although, I will say, uh, the fourth quarter did get a little interesting there uh, late. Yeah, late in that game. It, it I did. got a little worried there, but um, yeah, Michigan gets the job done. I think that's probably the last we see of Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, um, and it's already been a crazy day, man, with the Mike Vrabel news that we're going to talk about here yep. shortly, but last night, um, what a way to cap off the season, and I know a lot of people out there wanted a better matchup, wanted a better game. I'm fine with it, man, because um, the number just never really made sense, because if you go back to the Pac-12 championship game, and you look at the way that we were pricing Washington in that game, what did they close as? Nine and a half point dogs to Oregon? Mm-hmm. So that would mean that Oregon would be a five point, four and a half to five point favorite over Michigan on a neutral field. Who would have bet the Ducks last night at that price? Nobody. So I liked the number and I really liked the matchup. Obviously, like Washington defensively, not really good against the run. You had Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards out of nowhere on what five carries went off last night. And uh, yeah, it was a nice night. We still have no idea how, how good J.J. McCarthy is. Nope. Uh, a projected first-round pick. Yeah, Man, they didn't really need it. They just run the ball and play defense. That's been their MO all season. Ryan and I, were going to talk about the championship game in a little bit. Also look at some futures for next season. Those are already out of uh, and some Heisman odds as well. Kevin Sweeney's going to join us later on in the show. Hour number two, we're going to talk some college hoops with Kevin Sweeney, who covers uh, college basketball for Sports Illustrated. Rick Camp will join us as well. We'll talk some NBA with Rick. You guys can watch us on twitch.tv slash BeckQL. We're also on YouTube over on Odyssey Sports. And uh, you can find us on Sirius Channel 160 and Sirius XM 205. So, Ryan, you were talking about it. Championship game last night, Michigan and Washington. I think you're right. I mean, especially in the first quarter, Donovan Edwards, two carries and two easy touchdowns, right? You're thinking Michigan's going to roll all over them. And then Washington's defense really hunkered down, and they kept Michigan in check. And it felt like... There was going to be a time in that game where Washington maybe made it interesting. Yeah. And the entire game was that big play to Adunze, and then the holding call brought it back for for Washington because that was the big play they needed. That maybe would have been the touchdown that could have tied the game. And uh, instead, that that holding brings it back, and and Michigan never looked back after that point. Were you surprised, though, with how that game started and then how Washington's defense was able to keep Michigan in check. See, I really wasn't, man, because Washington really was disrespected all season long, right? Okay, so they were outside the top 100 defending the run and the defense 
not great, your typical Pac-12 team, but they were tough. I mean, how many times did we count them out this season? Everybody liked Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. They had their struggles this year, man, but Kalen DeBoer is just such a good coach, which made last night so interesting with the Harbaugh stuff and Harbaugh possibly leaving, and then you have Kalen DeBoer, and his dream job is actually the Michigan job. Um, but so it didn't really surprise me that they made a comeback. You know, I thought that there was a shot that Washington could win that game. And I know there's a lot of disrespect being thrown their way today because it was a blowout and people wanted a better matchup, a better game. But I mean, you know, all season long, they were an unbeaten team. I just thought Michigan was a bad matchup. Like going into the playoff, I really liked Michigan against Alabama. The thing that concerned me was you're going against Nick Saban. The reason that I liked Washington so much against Texas, Texas was a really good team. Yes. You know, I... It's easy to make fun of them and say, oh, we're back and whatnot. But, I mean, you look at them defensively this season, they were top 15. But the one area you could attack them was their secondary. And you had Michael Penix and all those NFL wide receivers. So I just thought that that was a terrible matchup. But they beat a really good Texas team. And I think that there was, like, almost some unfair expectations going into last night's game for people that were watching Washington for the first time. You know, you had people comparing Michael Penix to Mike Vick. That's just not the type of quarterback that he is. You know, Mike Michael Penix in college football years is, like, 40 years old. He's 24 years old. Yeah. He's had two knee surgeries, has a great arm, and he's great when you keep him clean in the pocket. And uh, that was another thing that made last night's matchup so interesting. You had Michigan's defense, their top-ranked pass defense, but... They were going against the Joe Moore award winner. Like, Washington had a really good offensive line, and Michael Penix is at his best when he's kept clean. When he has to go outside the pocket, that's when he struggles a little bit. But, um, yeah, nothing really surprised me last night. But I am glad that we got that one home. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was going to be an easy winner. Maybe not Georgia TCU easy from last year. I don't think we'll ever get that easy no, again. I don't think we will ever get that easy again. Yeah. But uh, the way Washington's defense was able to hold Michigan down, and then offensively, Penix was just off, right, against yeah. Texas. Like, he, he was so on point, and he was hurting Texas whenever there was an opening. Last night against Michigan, he, he just missed some opportunities. And you saw, Ryan, like, over the course of a game, Michigan just, like, getting hit after hit on Penix. There were some times where he would throw the ball, and then he just, like, duck out of the way, kind of, yeah. you know, and he yeah. just, like, threw it over across the field. So he's fortunate that he didn't have more interceptions. But Michigan, I mean, they were dominant offensive line, defensive line, the way that they wear you down with their running backs. Like you said, I mean, McCarthy, like, I, I don't really think he's as good. Jim Harbaugh saying he's the greatest quarterback in, like, the history of Michigan. That's, I don't know if I He might be the part. greatest hype man in Michigan yeah. history. Jim he Harbaugh, that is. Yeah. But, uh, but no, they were, uh, they were the best team. I thought Alabama was the best team in the college football playoff. And then after about the first quarter against Michigan, I was like, no, Michigan's the better team. That's that's the best team. I thought whoever won Michigan-Bama was going to win the title game. And then uh, when Michigan beat them, and I, I liked them against Washington, they got the job done. So heading into next year, Georgia is the favorite. They are plus 350 to win their third title in four years. Bama right behind them at plus 550. And you have Ohio State at plus 800. Michigan at plus 900. Texas at plus 900. And Oregon at 10 to 1. So obviously what jumps out about this is that of those six teams, three are in the Big 10, three yeah. are in the SEC, right? Georgia, do you agree with Georgia being like the favorites over Bama? Do you think it should be a little closer? Like should they be co-favorites? So I do agree with Georgia being the favorites just because like you look at the situation this season and if Brock Bowers doesn't get injured, I think they're the best team in the country. Like last night for example on a neutral field, they're two and a half point favorites over Michigan even though they're left out of the dance. And you lose guys like you lose Brock Bowers, you're going to lose McCown who was also awesome the last couple seasons, their stud wide receiver. But look what they bring in. And I actually like Carson Beck, man. He could push the ball down the field. Yeah, uh, He'll be back most likely. And you get Trevor, uh, Trevor Etienne from Florida. In, in the portal. Yeah, yeah you get uh, London Humphreys, 
uh, at the wide receiver position, and I love Kirby. I, I think he's the best coach in all of college football right now. So I agree with that. We know what they're going to be defensively, and um, yeah, they're not going anywhere in the SEC. That schedule, though, next year for that, Georgia, I mean, man. They play Clemson in the non-conference at Bama. They're at Texas, Tennessee at home. So, obviously, because now it's a 12-team playoff, they probably can afford a couple losses, but that schedule is going to be brutal. I agree, though, that they should be the favorite. Ryan, something I'm just excited about looking at next season is how many returning quarterbacks we're going to get on some of these top teams, right? You mentioned Beck's back at Georgia. Jalen Milrow is back at Alabama. He would be my pick as of today to win the Heisman Trophy. Just how he progressed towards the end of the season. Bama has just about everybody coming back on offense. Tommy Reese is going to be in his second year as uh, offensive coordinator. They have this freshman coming in, Ryan Williams. And uh, people in in the circles of Alabama football are saying, like, he has the chance to maybe be the best wide receiver in, in Bama. So, He's supposed to be a stud at freshman. And then Milrow, what he can give you, you know, with, with his legs as well and all the rushing stats. And obviously the schedule that they're going to play is going to be difficult. So Milrow, I can't wait to watch him. Quinn Ewers is obviously going to be back. What do you think about Dylan Gabriel at Oregon? Like, isn't that a great fit? We bought him this year. We did. We looked good for about eight weeks. We did. And then he had to step up in class against a real defense. I mean... Yeah, so Oregon, that's the team I kind of want to buy in on. Um, You know, it's going to be interesting to see what they look like, obviously, in the Big Ten, but I'm a big Dan Lanning fan. We know what that offense is going to look like. We know that they're going to be able to run the ball, and I really like their offensive line the last couple of years. So uh, before him, though, the guy that I would look at, uh, I would go Cam Rising. Mm. Cam Rising, I think he could have came back this season, but he takes the medical redshirt year because next year Utah obviously makes the transition to the Big 12. And I'm going to, I mean, we were talking about this before the show. I'm going to be buying in on Utah like I usually do in the Pac-12 because I don't think there's going to be that much of an adjustment. They're already a tough physical team. That's why they dominated in the Pac-12. They have top 10 home field advantage, I would say, in the country. Nobody wants to go play there. And he's back most likely, you would figure. And then you're going to get Brent Keithy back as well, uh, their tight end, who's a stud. And both of those guys are back. You make the transition to the Big 12. They were 8-5 and five this year without those guys. Really well coached. I might look at uh, some Cam Rising futures and some Utah futures when it's time. I like that a lot. You know what's crazy about the Big 12 looking in the futures market? Utah is the team with the lowest odds at 80-1 to one to win the title game next year. I'm yeah. looking at a team like Kansas State, a team like Arizona, both at 100-1. to one. You and I love Arizona. Favorite team in, in the country right now. Most <laughs> underrated team in college football this season. They lost three games, two in overtime, one to Washington by seven points. They beat Oklahoma in their bowl game in the Alamo Bowl. They forced like six turnovers. They bring everybody back. Their quarterback, Noah Fafita, he's 20-1 to to win the Heisman Trophy. They got good receivers. They're so well coached. Like, they might be the best team in the Big 12 next year. And then Kansas State, man, I for people that watch the bowl game against NC State, this quarterback that Chris Kleiman has, Avery Johnson, yeah. he is dynamic, man. He really is. And you know under K-State, they're going to run the ball. They're going to be well coached. They're going to be good on defense. It's just it's such an interesting conference next year, Ryan, because of Texas and Oklahoma leaving, and these Pac-12 teams that are coming in yeah. are going to be good. Utah, Arizona, Shadur Sanders is back for Colorado. We know Dion's recruiting. Yeah. So, to me, when you look at the futures market, if you're able to guess right on one of these Big 12 teams, because we know with the 12-team playoffs, somebody is guaranteed a playoff spot. Yeah, I think that's where the value is, man. One one of those three: Utah, K-State. Or Arizona's probably winning that league. Yeah, yeah. And I have Arizona, and then I have Utah circled, obviously. And, you know, I know it's only January 9th. We just wrapped up the season. But, like, if I'm looking at a team, like, as far as, like, way down the road that I think can make some noise in the Big 12, as crazy as it sounds, what about Central Florida? Just because 
you figure with NIL money and where they're recruiting, that pipeline in Florida, if you want to make $2 million, you go there, you don't have to pay taxes back on it. And, like, you know, the Big 12, you just got rid of Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah. But, I mean, it's going to be a crazy season. There's going to be a lot of change. What is Ohio State doing? I love what they're doing in the backfield. Yes. Like, they just keep adding more running Junkins backs. Juckins was great get. Yeah, Juckins, great get. But um, Will Howard, I feel like, it, you know, like, Will Howard coming in, it's pretty much the same thing that you had last year, in my opinion. I just I think Ohio State, like the last couple of years, and you think Justin Fields and C.J. Stroud, I just don't yeah. know that Will Howard is a big upgrade over Kyle McCord, who just transferred to Syracuse. I, I don't know. Maybe he proves me wrong, but like you brought up Kansas State, and the reason I'm going to like him next year is going to be Avery Johnson. No question. You know, um, I just I don't know that Will Howard, I don't know what that fit's going to look like. And I don't know that Ryan Day is the guy, to be honest with no. you. Maybe they should make a phone call to Mike Brable. I know. We're going to talk about that next segment. I like where you're going with that. What about Texas? You love them this past year. Ewers comes back. We know they're going to be great on offense. The front seven's good. But they're going to the SEC. Yeah. So what do you think of them? So they're going to the SEC. I see Ewers has, what, 8-1 to one Heisman odds, yeah. some of the best odds. And I just, I don't know. Um, because Washington in that game, they pretty much gifted that game to Texas. And, like, as much as I like Texas this season, they have all the talent in the world outside of, like, the secondary, which was a complete liability again this season. I don't know that I could trust Sark. I think he's a great play caller. But, like, let's go to that Washington game. You're averaging, like, eight, nine yards per pop on the ground, and yet we're dropping back Quinn Ewers 40-plus times in that game. Why didn't they just keep running the ball against that Washington front like Michigan did last night and then open things up later on in the game? I don't know that I fully trust Ewers. I, I just... And I don't know that Arch Manning's going to take over. It looks like Ewers is going to be back. I, I don't think he's going to the NFL draft. Maybe if he balls out in the college football playoff, but he absolutely did not. So that's my only issue. And that schedule. Like, they get Michigan September 7th. They get Oklahoma and Dallas, and then they get Georgia. That's in consecutive weeks in October. Oklahoma, Georgia, and Michigan. Welcome to the SEC. I mean, so I don't know that I could do it with Texas. But, I mean, they're going to have all the talent in the world, even yeah. though they do lose Mitchell. They lose Worthy. They lose uh, Jonathan Brooks. But... They bring in Matthew Golden. I like what they're doing, but I don't know, man. I don't know if I could do it again next season. Ryan, they every, let me down. Everybody's going to be looking at Bama, Georgia, Texas. I think there's value elsewhere, though, man. Like Tennessee, now that Nico's going to be starting, highest recruited player since Peyton Manning, that's just the Josh Heupel quarterback. Like, you watched him against Iowa. Yeah. The way he can run, he's got that big arm, man. And their schedule, Bama, Florida at home this year. Georgia's on the road, so it is manageable for Tennessee. I think there's a chance maybe they only lose like a couple games this season. They're at 50 to 1. I would watch them. Missouri's going to be interesting. They bring Brady yeah. Cook back, right? But they do lose some pieces, but they had a great year. Everybody, the team that you keep hearing about in the SEC to watch out for is Ole Miss. And we just mentioned that Juckins went to Ohio State. Jackson Dark comes back. I think the reason people like Ole Miss, though, heading into this next season is because Lane's starting to recruit defense, right? He's bringing some dudes on defense. I just can't get there with Ole Miss. Like, there are certain quarterbacks that more people like than others. Like, that might be J.J. McCarthy for some people. That's Jackson Dart for me. Yeah, He does some good things, but I also think he's a little bit overrated. And I think Ole Miss, it's going to be the same story. They lost two games this season. It was Georgia and Bama. I think they're going to be the Penn State of the SEC. They're going to beat everybody else. Yeah. And then in the big games, I don't see them winning those yet. So, I can't get there with Ole Miss. For me, the long shot playing the SEC would be Tennessee. Yeah, I'm with you on Tennessee, man, because we already know what the hypo offense is, and they were they weren't able to run that with Joe Milton this season. And I'm like, I'm so done with Joe Milton forever. Yeah, uh, he's got a cannon for an arm, but he just can't make the throws. But they were able to run the ball. They averaged over 200 yards on the ground, and they had a pretty solid defense. So with you on Tennessee, I'm kind of out on Ole Miss just because I don't I like Lane, love Lane, um, but I don't trust him in the bigger games and like the schedule. 
The one thing I'll say, though, about the schedule this year, you get Oklahoma and Georgia, your two toughest games at home. But, I mean, are you going to bet Ole Miss? Are you going to bet Lane against Kirby? No. And I'm kind of with you on Jackson Dart. Love playing his props. I like him in certain matchups. Yes. I like, like, Jackson Dart against A&M. But, right. yeah, I don't uh, I can't do it with Ole Miss. It was, what, their first 11-win season in 118 years. So, I don't know that they're going to be able to do that back-to-back years. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, we're going to take a break. I'm going to throw a couple more teams at you on the other side. We're also going to get into the Mike Vrabel news. He was fired by Tennessee. We'll talk about maybe where he ends up and some other coach openings around the NFL. P.J. Glasser, Ryan Horvath, you better you bet. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.